And hello, movie lovers. And tonight, I actually have a good friend of mine from Vengeance Media. Vengeance is here again. And we're going to be talking about John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. This is actually one of my favorite movies out of the John Wick uh, franchises. And it's good to actually have him here as well to talk about this movie. And of course, I also have Tamika joining us as well. So for further ado, let's go on ahead. Let's get this started. I'm excited to have Vengeance here. I'm excited to have Tamika here. She'll be here in a few minutes. And let's do this. And hey, man, how are you? Hey, buddy. It's good to be back, man. Thank you for inviting me back for this one. I'm excited. Oh, you're very welcome, man. It's good to have you back on here. And I'm excited to talk about John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. This is actually, hands down, one of my favorite John Wick movies out of the whole entire franchise, like I said. And this movie had a budget of $75 million and made $327.3 million at the box office. Yeah. So... That's something that I'm very happy with because at first, the very first John Wick movie didn't really make that much money at the box office. And it was also poorly marketed. Get this. They released the trailer on the same day of the release. Well, the embargo lifted on the same day as the release of the movie. So when they do that, chances is it's not that great of a movie. But everybody loved John Wick coming out of the gate of it. And then they made a second one and then following up with this third one. But John Wick to me is actually one hands down one of my favorite franchises. Yeah, I agree. I just think they get better. Uh, the sequels just get better and better, and that's really rare for a franchise. You know, I just feel like uh, how they're going to top this one with four, I don't know because three is so so good. Um, but the early reviews, I've seen early reviews. People are loving four, so I'm I'm living for this, man. I'm so excited. What? What an exciting time and month it is to be alive right now. Exactly. We have the John Wick Chapter 4 movie coming up. We also have Shazam 2, which I don't know is any good or not. But that's not on my high-anticipated movie watch or anything like that. John Wick Chapter 4 is. And what I like about John Wick is the mythology around the Continental and some things surrounding it. And each time when you have a new um, sequel that comes out, they do something more to expand the mythology and understanding of the mythology of the Continental and everything uh, come from the gold, how they use their gold, how they actually do conduct business and things like that. They always like, make it a character in its own self rather than just a mytho mythological thing. So that's something else I do appreciate. Yeah. So let's go on ahead. Let's get on with this. Uh, so John Wick is making his way through Manhattan before he is labeled excommunicado, which is actually what happened in the how the second one actually leaves us hanging in the balance because of the fact that when Winston winds up telling John, I'm going to give you a head start. And then after that, we're going to start the excommunicado. I'm thinking to myself, how what's going to happen to him? What's going to happen up to this point? And I like how they go on ahead. You see John still running. So I'm like, okay, so we have some continuity within the John Wick franchise where it's starting off on that same day, which is something that a franchise doesn't normally do. And they do this perfectly well because it makes us uh, answer a lot of questions that we have going into this. And, you know, and then, of course, he also killed the high table crime lord of Santanio de uh, Antonio at the New York Public Library. And so, of course, they go he goes over to the New York Public Library. John retrieves a maker medallion and a rosary. So I like how they go on ahead. And even with the library scene, because, of course, you know, he winds up getting a taxi. And then when he gets that taxi, 
he winds up paying the taxi driver in gold coins. So therefore that's actually connected in with the assassins. And he tells them, Hey, look, we're going to go, uh, I'm going to leave my dog here and you're just taking him back over to the continental. He gives him the gold coin. He steps out of the pouring rain, goes over to the library and he asks for a library book. So I definitely like how even the library is even connected in with this as well, where everything looks all fine and up in the forefront, but you also have assassins working, uh, working behind the front lines of this. So what did you think? Yeah, I I loved I loved how it opened. Um, before I before I um, go into what I think, just want to say a big 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 oh, yeah. big love to Lance Reddick and his and and, and his family. Uh, what a terrible, what a terrible news we had yesterday. Uh, Definitely. Lance was hands down my favorite part about the John Wick franchise and itself as a whole, because I'm always wondering what they're going to do new with this character when it comes down to him being the concierge of that hotel. And he's always the standout. He always makes me laugh, especially whenever he's so serious. And then he waits until the commotions all die down. He's like, Look, you guys need to conduct this business out into the continental, especially if they're on continental ground. So that's something I really like. And he goes, maybe you might want to offer each other a, a brandy or, or a drink at the bar, <laughs> like in the second one, which makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was really, I was really taken back by that news yesterday. Um, so yeah, this, you know, I'm just my, sending all my love and prayers to 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 Lance's family right now. Um, Me too. So yeah. So uh, yeah, the I, I love I love that library scene. Um you know, um I think Ernest uh, was a funny character, you know, he looked like Andre the Giant for a second. I was like, dude, this guy's like a <laughs> you know uh but that, that fight was amazing. In that library, that fight was amazing and just the way he takes him takes him out is brilliant. So he, John Wick John Wick ain't playing games in this movie, man. He's, no, he's not. And I like how, you know, you have this big, tall guy that looks like Andre the Giant, but also he looks like in the, the whole nine yards of that giant that you actually see. You know what I'm talking about? He looks yeah. like him because he was actually a wrestler on WWE, but he's about that tall. And he's like, oh, you're here to take me down. He goes, yeah, I'm here to take you down. He goes, why? You, there's still time on the clock because what difference does it make? It's just 20 minutes. It doesn't mean anything. And Tamika's here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm late. It's okay. <laughs> we were just uh, talking about uh, Lance, uh, Lance's passing. His, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were also talking about the library scene right now where he's fighting this big giant guy in the library. And he's like, well, I'm going to go on ahead and, you know, basically I'm going to go and take you out. He's like, well, I still have 20 minutes. He goes, well, like, that's going to matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they won't see it anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah, and hi, then, Tamika. Nice to yeah. meet you. Oh yeah, oh, Tamika, nice this is vengeance. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely like the library setup, and then he's over there hitting him with the book, and then taking the this big huge book, and then just slamming it again, slamming it in his uh, throat. And I just thought that was an excellent way of how he uses certain ways of actually taking someone down with anything that he can that he can see. And I think that was actually a really interesting takedown. And then, of course, he takes the guy's neck and just 
shoves the book, it uh, shoves hit uh, the neck into the into the book. I just thought that was a that was a cool kill. Uh, yeah, I, I I like that scene anyway. Just being a librarian, it um made me think about when people ask me, "Are libraries uh, relevant?" And I'm just going to tell them, "Well, you need to watch John Wick three, and then you'll see it's relevant." Because <laughs> you know? I mean, I bet, book. I and- the, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine the librarian. You just wanted to go. <laughs> there were no pushes anywhere, as you can see. That is, I guess, this library is part of the game, part of the underworld thing. Where it's like, oh, it's John Witt, never mind. We don't have to shush. Because <laughs> you know, every day, Monday, <laughs> he put the book back in the same spot it came out of, and I appreciate that too. <laughs> you know, Good guy, Keanu. Yeah, I mean, it had blood on it, but he put it back where it was. That's what matters. Okay, exactly. <sighs> so therefore, you don't have to go into the system and try to re-alphabetize everything. So yeah, he saved you some time and space on that. So yeah, yeah. I appreciate him. I appreciate him. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I definitely love the library scene, and then of course, you know, after that, you wind up. See him going to the uh, to Ernest uh, and seeks medical treatment from an under uh, from the underworld do- doctor. Mm-hmm. And his excommunicado status of activates before the doctor can even finish. And I like how the doctor looks at him. And goes, I didn't. He goes, You have to kill me. I didn't finish before the time ran out. He goes, What are you talking about? He's like, I showed you where the medicine was. I didn't. I shouldn't have showed you that because when excommunicado is, is this you don't get no help from any of the assassins. You also don't get no help from the hotel. You don't get any help from anyone. Mm. And the doctor winds up helping him, and then he's like, "Well, can you shoot me in the leg? Shoot, shoot me in the leg over here." So, and please don't graze it. And before he even says the word graze, he winds up shooting him in the leg. Because I don't think that's believable enough. and he shoots him in the stomach to make it more believable and so i guess you can take that as a professional courtesy from from mr wick yeah and he lived to tell about it too so yeah that is a courtesy yeah yeah (laughs) but yeah um what what stands out for you though vengeance as well for this scene did you like this one or yeah, it made me laugh because before he mm-hmm. could finish his sentence, he would just shoot him. And he was just like, yeah. Just, and he was so precise. He, he he just he was so precise with the gunshot as well. He just knew where to hit. It was awesome. And then yeah, that's also too when he was pursued by vicious gangs of of assassins, all of whom, of whom he kills. And I also got a hint of true lies in this scene because you see him on, you see John Wick on the horse and he's riding horseback. He's oh. taking down these assassins on motorcycles and shoot. He took, uh, he leans over on the horse, takes the guy's gun. And then he winds up shooting the guy in the head. And then he winds up shooting uh, the engine to make the other assassin to flip over I thought the stunts were very cool in this. This reminds me of True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I was geeking mm. out. I remember when I saw this in theaters. I was just shoving popcorn in my face and just being geeked out about it, just like how I was last night when I was watching this. So, yeah, this is hands down one of my favorite scenes. I, yeah, I, I did 
not eat popcorn when I saw this in theaters because I, I would choke because my mouth was open the whole time. But can I say I, I like the um, antique weapon scene mm-hmm. where um, there was one scene where there was a guy coming and he took two knives and aimed it straight at the guy's neck and it kind of went in this like X type of whatever. And it just yep. the guy's neck. And then the last scene, he was in the foreground and the guy was trying to get up and take the knife out of his chest. And then he just takes this giant axe and just wields it in his head. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how long that fight scene was because he was fighting, seeing like 20 men and he had all these knives and was just back and forth, just the choreography in that scene is one of my favorites. Yeah, that was awesome. That scene was awesome. Yeah, like you say, right at the end of that scene where he just throws the axe and it just hits that guy in the head. It's like, so good. Yeah. I love that. Um, I also like the fact too that, you know, there's no background music. There's nothing there. No shaky cam. You get to see all the action sequences as they ha- as it happens. Mm-hmm. And you get to see him use the medieval weapons and stuff like that. And I definitely love the medieval stuff that they that he was using. I got instant Bill and Ted vibes because of the fact of <laughs> no. <laughs> because of the, but still, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I like the fact too that they don't use any type of suspense music. It's just as if we we're fighting with him, mm. and you hear you have to see everything full hand. So that's something I do appreciate that they did with it. So yeah, I agree. I agree. That was awesome. And the fact that he he was like slapped the horse on the ass and the horse barked and just killed that dude straight away. I was like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I like that he turns his environment into a web. It's weaponized. Like it's there to help him. Like he doesn't have a gun all the time, but like you said, he's in the barn with the horse, and the horse becomes a weapon. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's pretty neat the way he's just yeah he's just cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then we finally get to see him do something different. And of course, there's also another assassin that's waiting outside for, for him, though, too. And you get to see him going into the theater at this ballet, so at this uh, whole entire this thing. And I'm like, okay, this is very different. An assassin going into a theater to see a ballet. So you don't really know what's going on here. And I like how the rosary and also through the marker and the belt plays a factor into this mm-hmm. movie, too. So I thought that was very interesting. And then, you know, they wind up searching him and goes, well, we need your belt, too. So he takes the belt and hands it over. I'm thinking to myself, okay, so they were more afraid about him using the belt because it could probably be used as a weapon because he uses his environment Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So that's what I thought of it instantly. But then that's when we actually see him with the head of the Ruska Roma crime Senate where he presents the rosary and uh, demands safe passes to Casablanca. And I thought that was pretty funny where she goes, oh, you come to me like the the godfather, Don Corleone, Mm -hmm. and you come to me for safe passage after I haven't seen you in years. Mm -hmm. And now you come to me and you want me to do you a favor. Where do you want to go, John? First, safe passage. Where do you want to go? At this hour of the night, bothering me while I'm trying to do my stage play. At this hour of the night, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, mom. 
<laughs> and then he goes, Casablanca. And so then she's like, okay, I'll grant you safe passage to Casablanca. Mm-hmm. So another thing I want to mention is this. So what did you guys think of the woman who's take, trying to take control of everybody's property because they helped John? I thought she deserved the punchable face. Uh, I think that she deserves the punchable face of the movie. Oh, the Ju- what is it? Judy? Judy? What what is her title? Judy, Judy. Oh man, I forgot. It's it's like a judge, but I forgot the proper name of her title. I think it's like a judicial somewhere or somewhere. Judy eyes or something. I don't know. It's something. But director. Yeah, I. I mean, I guess you can say in a way she's doing her job. Like she's investigating because these guys kind of the rules in a sense because they helped him out. She's a adjudicator, is what she is. Oh, yeah. the adjudicator. Oh, yeah. by Asia K. Dillon. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess she was kind of doing her job, but also it seems like she was basically taking her job a little bit too seriously. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about her. But yeah, yeah I, was, I, I yeah. want to punch her in the face too. Yeah, she was like, like I thought, like, oh, that's eleven from Stranger Things. She's growing up, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eleven. Hey, <laughs> 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 Judy. <laughs> but what did you guys think of the whole situation where she tells Winston? She's like, well, because of you, John, uh, you gave him Escamillado, and then you gave him a head start. So what did you guys think about that? Like I said, I, I didn't mind it. It helped with the story, I guess. Just, yeah. I, I mean, how about, how about you, John? Mm-hmm. I loved it. I think the Junicator actually gives you a presence in front of her of saying... You know, I'm here to take care of business. I'm here to conduct the business that I need to take care of. And you guys were in the wrong for helping John when you know the, how we conduct business within the continental walls. You all, and also too, Lawrence Fishburne's on there on that level though too, mm-hmm. as well. And she's she's mad at both of them, and she's there to take the continental from Winston because of the responsibilities that he promised to lay down within the continental walls, and he broke those promises in the way that they conduct business. So I like the fact that you have consequences, like John says, consequences, and so with every consequence, there's a reaction. So I like how there's a cause and effect within this world, and show the damages and implications that John has placed on Winston and the continental in itself. Yeah, and like she said, they have rules, and that separates them from the animals. So even in this underworld society, there are rules that have to be abided by. And she's just there, to, like you guys were saying, implement the consequences for breaking those rules, basically. Right. Yeah. But I still but, hate and then also too, notifying them that both they they both have seven days to reign from their positions for helping John. The adjudicator enlists Zero, a Japanese assassin, and orders him to stab the director th- uh, through both of her hands as a penance for aiding John in Casablanca. 
John meets Sophia, former friend and manager of the Moroccan uh, uh, Continental. So this is another thing that I thought that was very interesting. So you got this Japanese guy who's, whose front line is supposed to be a chef, mm-hmm. a sushi chef, mm-hmm. and she just hires him as a hand to basically send a message to her. And then next thing you know, it she also hires him as a way to go on ahead, try to take John Wick down too. So yeah, she's also zero. putting, yeah, go on ahead. Zero. It's his name. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. But yeah. yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I love zero as a character. Zero reminds me of us as fans of John Wick, especially whenever you see him in the continental and we're not there yet to actually talk about this, but I love oh, talking about it. though. anyways, we're he's like fanboy. And I was like, you're John Wick. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I didn't stab anybody through the hands. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how John is over there on the couch and then Zero's trying to scoot in next to him. And then Keanu gets gets up and moves to another area so when he's not near him. He yeah. goes, hey, John, what? Look, I love all your kills. You did a fantastic job. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, Zero is actually hands down one of my favorite uh, people when it comes down to uh, to this movie. And then, you know, when he sends that message to for the, what she did for helping um, him go into co- with Casablanca, and then you know, I thought that was very interesting on how they how he sends the message that way. And then after that, you wind up seeing him with Sophia, and then you also have this backstory between the two of them and that this actually has kind of like a vampire-ish kind of feel to it. What about for you, Vengeance? Doesn't it kind of remind you like a vampire kind of thing? It was like, oh, I'm the maker of your marker, so you cannot kill me because I am your maker of the of yeah. it. So I thought that was an interesting way of actually doing it through the mythology like a vampire in a sense. Yeah, that that worked really well for the movie. I thought Halle Berry. I don't like to say like we were discussing earlier. Not a huge, huge fan of Halle Berry, but like mm-hmm. her 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 role in John Wick Three was pretty awesome. I thought she was badass, and like especially with her dogs as well. So this is like yeah, like yeah, she was badass in that movie. I thought they gave her a lot to do, to be honest, mm-hmm. because in some Halle Berry movies, she's just very plain and. Bo- and stuff like that in some sense with this one they they gave her more to do and you also feel for her because of the fact with the, her daughter and you know her daughter being taken away and she never knowing if she'll ever get to see her again so i liked how they played the narrative off of that so that was actually pretty neat to see yeah i want to know more about that backstory though myself like i was really curious because I know that he got her daughter out to safety, but right. I, I was kind of, I wanted to know more, even though it probably wasn't that important to the story. I, as an audience member, was very curious about that. Same. And I wouldn't, uh, here's the thing. We're actually getting a spinoff movie called The Bellarina. Ah. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's tied into it in some way. Hmm. Because I would like to see that being played out or being surrounded with her daughter. Yeah. And being allowed Holly Berry to be the standing point for that uh, spinoff. Yeah. 
Uh, can I can we go back a little? Yeah. Um, the part that interests me was we get a little bit more backstory into who John Wick is. You know, when he went to the I'm calling the Godmother. <laughs> when he went to her, um, you know, he was. We found out his real name is um, Jor. What is it, Jordana? Uh, Jonathan and Tony. I don't. Remember. Yeah, we find out his real name basically. Um, and then he said that he was um a child of her tribe, like he was an orphan, and he was part of her tribe. So in a sense, she owed him. And then as was his passage was like, we were talking about the rosary beads and the crucifix, uh, which we found out is some kind of secret ticket for him to go anywhere in the world, basically. So I thought that was pretty interesting that we found out his real name, a little bit of his backstory that he's an orphan. Um, Jardani, I've got it up on my notes here. It's Jardani Djokovic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then he was child of somebody. Anyway, he did his uh, a long backstory of who he really was and basically just telling her, you owe me because I'm part of your tribe. And I thought that was interesting that that was higher priority than the high table because nothing beats the high table except this exception. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to say that. That was pretty neat. Yeah, I like that as well. I like that as well. And the fact that they, they, they burnt him with the, they put the, the, yeah, they stamped him with the hot poker. Oof, yeah. damn. Oof, yeah. Yeah. That's, if that's a way to get yourself to get out of there, I'm like, uh, what are you doing? Uh, we're just yeah. going to brand you real quick. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I think I'll die. Um, I changed my mind. Yeah. He does. <laughs> I don't want to say a pace pass. Yeah. yeah he <laughs> He, he does can't some questionable shit in this movie, especially yeah. with his finger as well. His finger. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Right. So he gets branded and then he winds up getting the safe passage over to Casablanca. Yeah. And then that's when he meets up, like we said before, with Sophia. And then Don presents the medallion, which binds Sophia to return in a debt and demands to be directed to the elder, the only person above the high table. Sophia, um, takes John to uh, uh, Bernada, her former boss, who tells John he may find the elder by wandering through the desert until he can no longer walk. Mm. And I liked how they go through... Okay, remember Tamika in the second one where they're making the gold coins? Yeah. And it's like a front for them in the the cab taxi cab place. Mm -hmm. So now we actually have some more continuity within the gold coins now, too, because in uh, Bernada, they're actually making the gold coins over there and mm-hmm. melting them. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really fascinating how they expanded more on the gold coins. And then also, too, this guy is also a collector of the very first gold coin that they actually have in the very first marker. So he's an artifact collector who is fascinated with this life as well. So I thought that was really cool on how they actually have him as a character. Or like the collector in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. that in there. <laughs> the Brad Broder brother played by Jerome Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and he puts on this weird. He puts on this accent, even though he's British like me. Yeah. He's like speaking in this like yeah, it's crazy. 
<laughs> I, I can imagine that is weird to hear. <laughs> yeah. So now I, I don't even, I don't want him back in the UK. When he shot that dog, I was like, nah, uh, you, you can't come back here anymore. Sorry. <laughs> no, right. you can't come back. We don't back. want you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he punched his ticket when he shot the dog. <laughs> Rejected. Yeah, well, luckily the dog had a bulletproof vest on. And then oh, he knew how to play dead. Like, whenever I saw that in the theater, I'm like, oh, did he really kill the dog? I did too. Because I, I was like, pissed. I was pissed off. I'm like, I, I'm, I was like, you need to kill him. You need to kill this guy right now. Yeah. Uh, no questions asked. I don't care. Yeah, and uh, you know, I wake looked at Sophie. He's like, Sophie, don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, we finna do it. You got my guns. Here we go. Hey, Jamie, <laughs> I haven't seen John, any John Wick there to show show my friends some love. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you for showing us some love. Aww. I do appreciate I, you. I love I her, love Jamie. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. She is. But okay, so I like how she's like you said. When he's looking at Sophia, he goes, "Don't do it." Don't do it. And he goes, he shot my dog. I get and then it. he looks and then he goes, I get it. And so <laughs> I get it, but you know, okay, we're finna do it. Okay, let's go. Okay, wow. let's do it. Wow. <laughs> and those dogs were going balls out on on <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah. balls Literally. out on Literally. Yeah. Literally, yes. But I like how they use the dog as a character to where we care about these dogs if something happened to them. Even though they were only introduced to us in like five minutes, we already care about them. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten so defensive over the fact that, you know, although I'm an animal lover and stuff like that, I don't like people killing other animals or whatever. But they're like a character in their own selves, too. Yeah. And to see them used as a weapon the way they are, because... Okay, you have the the animals taking down these guys, and then as they're entering those henchmen, you have Holly Berry killing henchmen right behind them and taking down other people. And then, of course, you know you see them grab uh, the dogs biting down the guy's balls, and uh, and then as Holly Berry is over there killing them, and then of course, you know, finally we get the guy getting taken down by one of the dogs, and Holly Berry winds up. He goes, "Don't do it." He, he looks at John, goes, "Don't." So she winds up just injuring the guy. Mm, oh yeah, her boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have, I guess, that would have been major consequences if she shot her boss. Well, not only that, but think of it like this, okay? The guy's already got his balls bit off, so <laughs> so he's already hurt as is. So it's like, okay, well, I'm just gonna leave you be, but I'm still gonna shoot you in the leg. <laughs> because you're already you're already ballless, so I'm not going to do any more damage than what you already are. Landscape uh, can't even uh, help this guy at this point. <laughs> no, I don't have a sponsorship anymore. Oh, that so. Commercial going to come in, Manscaped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought the stunts for this one was really cool to actually see that, and then finally you see them uh, escape the Kaza. And then you wind up, of course, seeing him in the uh, desert. And I like how Sophia goes over to the desert, takes out the dog's uh, dish and drops the plates down as if and she's giving them water. And John's like, well, looking at her like, what about me? Don't I get something? So she takes the uh, water, the rest of the water remaining inside the bottle. She winds up spitting it out and back into the bottle, backwashing. Just there you go. And sends him on his way. 
And the desert scene to me was one of those things of like, is he really going to find this guy in the desert? Or is he not? Because this guy's supposed to be finding him, but how is he going to find him? And then finally, you find the guy finally finds the guy, finds him. So the desert scene was actually pretty cool to see. Not to tie everything back to Marvel, but it had a very Moon Knight feel to it. You know, yeah. in the desert, trying to find his way, and then he's found by the high table. Exactly. And then the Adjudicator and Zero confront the Bowery, uh, the Bowery King, who refuses to abduct his position. In response, Zero's students slaughter his men while the Bronary King is slashed seven times with a uh, Wakashi. Uh, meanwhile, John collapses in the desert and is brought to the Elder. So I definitely love Lawrence Fishburne in this scene because he's like, I'm the king here. You guys have cell phones. You guys have ways of being hacked, a paper trail, and you cannot stop me mm-hmm. yeah. at all. I call him the Assassin's Creed of the John Wick universe. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought he was dead. You know, no spoiler alert, because you see him in the trailer for John Wick 4. <laughs> but I definitely thought he was dead when he got slashed up seven times. I was like, there's no way he's going to survive. It's game over for this dude. But, like, we talked about it, John Wick, too. He survived the... What did he do? He stabbed him, right? Right. That, he survived that, so apparently this guy can't die. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what is this, a screen movie? <laughs> 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 But what about for you, Vengeance? I mean, I know you love the I, I know you love Lawrence Fishburne's character. And one of oh, the, yeah, one he, of your favorites. He, he had a line where he said, obviously, we gotta give you like all these all these cuts. And he just looked and said, Sometimes you just gotta cut a motherfucker. I love <laughs> love that line. Uh that was such a great line. So yeah, Lawrence Fishburne is 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 awesome for me in this movie. Definitely, but I like how he's also giving that speech, like as if he's like the king of the castle and no one can touch him. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you see all these men taking all his people down, and I'm like, okay, you do know he has other poor people that he actually controls around the city, <laughs> so he'll be back in arms in a couple of hours. <laughs> Because that's what they are. They're like poor people, <laughs> homeless people. So I'm like, he's poor gonna... people. You can slaughter those. I have a brilliant. I have a of poor that's people. why he's the king. He's just got average people working for him on the streets. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, he doesn't. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Especially in the uh, one part with the homeless guy with, uh, the, little, with the little cup in his hand. Uh, and sing like in the uh, second movie, and then he all of a sudden just takes out the si- takes out two guys with a silencer. That was actually my favorite part of, of the second one. So imagine more homeless people. <laughs> but anyways, I'm sorry. I'm okay. <laughs> so John states that he wants to live to to keep the memory of the love he once had with his wife. The elder agrees to forgive John if he kills Winston and reigns suburban to the high table for the remainder of his life. To show his ability, John serves his ring finger and gives his wedding ring to the elder. Mm-hmm. Which, if I did that, my wife would kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> Which one will kill you first? 
I, I, I go with my wife. Oh, do it. Yeah, so she's watching. That's good. That's a good one. Yep. Shalom in the home. Shalom in the home. Right. <laughs> but I thought this scene was very interesting on how they conduct business. And I like how each continental serves a different purpose for them and their politics. So I definitely like how they do certain things, especially whenever you have Holly Berry's a boss, he conducts business in a certain different way. And then this other person deals dif- difference in, in a different way as well for their religion and their purpose and stuff like that too. So I thought that was really fascinating. And then when he cuts off his own finger, my wife's like, what the hell? I'm like, he's seeking forgiveness. <laughs> she goes, wait, that's how they forgive him. I said, apparently so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, or else they're going to kill him. And he's like, I'm not ready to die yet. So (laughs) I guess I cut my finger off. And my mom was actually watching some of this. She never seen John Wick. And then she just started getting glued in uh, when Halle Berry scene came. And then she was watching where he cut his finger off. And um, she was like, oh, my God. And then, you know, they got the um, poker, the hot poker the scenes yep. you know mm-hmm. um she was like oh, okay is that how they heal a wound or something i was like yeah i guess that's how they heal the wound they don't got no hospital so you know <laughs> yeah. gotta, right then and there but yeah she seemed to enjoy it and she doesn't even look at the other movies so <laughs> but um i know this scene works for you though too right vengeance whenever it comes down to this yeah yeah yeah, I, I really like it. Like you say, the different religions and the different politics and stuff. I really, really enjoyed this thing. Um, and like when say when they cut his finger off, I was, well, well, when he cut his own finger off, I was like, damn. Because yeah, the poker, it kind of like stops the bleeding and it kind of removes any infection. Um, so yeah, so that's why they do that. Um, but yeah, I did enjoy that scene very much. Yeah, it was it was good. Then after that, John returns to New York and is attacked by Zero and his students before reaching the protection of the Continental. Hmm. And this is actually hands down my favorite thing. It reminds me of kids playing tag, and yeah. John just touches the uh, touches the stairs and touches base, and then there's the disapproving parent that's standing above them, which happens to be the concierge. And I like how he's just looking at him like, "Gentlemen, come inside, have a drink." Just like we saw in the second one. And he goes, the manager, but he also tells John that he, that the manager wants to speak to him, which is Winston. And so they're both waiting in the waiting room. And we already talked about this a little bit, but I really, this scene makes me laugh every single time because of the social awkwardness between the two of them, because Cano's just trying to survive. Meanwhile, you have Zero who's trying to kill him, but he's so geeked out and heard legends of him to the point where he doesn't want to kill him right now because he's just so excited about meeting his uh, favorite person. So that's something I really thought was just hilarious. The dark humor in these movies works for me. With him being excommunicado, um, he and him touching the base of the Continental, he he could still do that. Like if he's excommunicado. Even if he touched a base, shouldn't he been grounds for them to just keep killing him? That's what I had thought too. Yeah. It's kind of contradictory in a sense. Yeah. But I guess since, you know, uh, Winston winds up telling the concierge to come out there to stop him. Ah, okay. That pretty much puts an end to it because he says what stays and what goes, despite what 
other judicial person winds up wanting him to do. Uh, and he has seven days still. So, yeah, he's still right. in charge. Right. Right. So he's still in charge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also like whenever he goes up to Winston's um, office, he goes, so, John, you're going to kill me? Is this the way it's going to happen? And John goes, I'm not going to kill you. Why? What if we? What if I told you that we could take down the high table, and uh, and get revenge on the people that needs to be killed? And so, therefore, they decide to team up and decide to do like a parlay. And this reminds me of the pirate rules from Pirates of the Caribbean, where the pirates winds up doing like a parlay kind of thing. And so they take a parlay. Then after that, you see the judicial person coming down the stairs, and she winds up telling him, "So." Are you guys going to kill each other? And what about you, Winston? Are you going to kill John? He goes, no, I'm not going to kill him. Yeah. Okay. What about you, John? You're going to kill him? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but also, too, no she one also, wants it with John yeah. Wick. No one wants it with John Wick. What can I say? Right, exactly. And, uh, but, also, too, I want to go back one minute because we also forgot about something else that happens with Lawrence Fishburne's character. Remember, in the second movie, he winds up giving him seven bullets, and then the judicial person says, well, you gave him this gu- the gun, the same gun to kill Antonio, and because of you, Antonio is dead on continental ground, so therefore we have to take away your property. So that's why she's even there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So... You know, so therefore she tries to do the same thing again with Winston and him, and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I definitely like how that happens. Mm -hmm. So the adjudicator decided to revoke the Continental's neutral status and send Bolt Zero and an army of heavily armed high table enforcers to kill John and Winston. And Winston provides John with weapons and the assistance of Concierge uh, Caron and his staff. Yeah, it is different, you know, because I know you guys were talking about the actor before I got on, but it is different seeing him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But Vengeance, talk about one of your favorite scenes when it comes down to Winston. Uh, go, they're locking Winston into the uh, vault and then you see all these weapons here. And I like how you see the concierge, you see him. Grab that shotgun. What was I want to? I want to. I want your take on that. I loved that whole scene. The whole shotgun scene was just incredible. Yeah, they say they lock him down. They go all the weapons. Get all the weapons. They do a little shootout. Then they come back. They come back into the into the vault. They go get some shotguns, and then obviously, God bless Lance Reddick gets the shotgun, uh, and John Wick gets the shotgun, man. And they're just going ham on these dudes, man. And I'm just like, yes, this is awesome. Yeah, I love, I love, I love that scene so much. And like the way they turn the lights off as well, they turn the lights off and it goes all green. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, so good. This is hands down one of my favorite action sequences, and I, I like how he casually just takes the gun, the shotgun, and how just he goes on ahead, folds his jacket, and puts it on the, on the and does it casually, and picks it up and just starts. Uh, like you said, going ham on everybody and shooting everybody. The stunts and action sequences were really cool in this as well. The lighting in it could have been too dark to see everything, but you can see every single thing perfectly. But I also like when they run out of bullets, they have to go back over to where Winston is, 
And they're like, yeah. we need more guns. He goes, be my guests. <laughs> 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 and yeah. this is like the GTA of grand finales when it comes down to this uh, John Wick chapter three movie, because this is actually one of those things where I didn't want the action to stop because I was just so geeked out over it. And I yeah. was just, I was just so in tuned with what they were doing to the point where I'm like, how is this going to end? Is, are they going to kill Winston after a while? What's was, I actually felt some danger for Winston, even though he was hiding in the vault. And even though John and the concierge was down there taking care of business, it still had some level of threat to me. It didn't, it could have felt like anybody is safe, but I still felt like there was some danger involved in it. And that's something that I really did appreciate with this. So after that, the um, then after that winds up happening, we wind up seeing Winston provides John with weapons. Okay. And then after that, John is ambushed by zero and his students. John proceeds to kill all but two zero battles, John. And I love this scene. This kind of reminds me of the whole entire mirror scene that we had in John wick two, but this is actually dealing with uh, a bunch of glass and stuff like that too. And I liked how they both wind up doing this dance basically where they're both trying to take each other down. And I thought it was, I thought the execution worked really well. Yeah. I really liked it when they kept throwing John Wick through those glass cabinets. I I did too, because I'm like, I could just imagine uh, saying, so Keanu, how was your day at work? Uh, It was tiring. What did you do? I got thrown through some glass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's it's got to be a very physical shoot, isn't it, John? Making a John Wick movie, it has to be very physical, like and like. Yeah, I think he does most of his own stunts as well, which is awesome. So, exactly, it definitely is awesome to see him do his own stunts. But I also like how Zero finally dies, and he goes, "It is such an honor to be killed by the uh, by your hand." <laughs> he goes. Yeah. He goes, I'll be seeing you soon. And then Kano just, and then John goes, no, you won't. Mm-hmm. And then Zero just falls flat dead. So did you want to talk about that one, Vengeance or Tamika? That scene or? Yeah. I mean, that scene was awesome. I think like the whole, just the way it was shot, like the cinematography where it's just like, you see the, like the reflections of the outside in New York and, and like, and like the, he's got the samurai sword as well. He's got the big sword. And it's just like, yeah, it's just going ham on each other. And I just thought that was really awesome. Yeah, I had such a good time with that scene. I think I the I'll be seeing you is, it seems like a general theme throughout all the John Wick movies. Like, is that codes yeah. or something? Or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I noticed that because on the tribute they did to uh, Lance, um, on their Instagram page, the John Wick official Instagram page, it said, I'll be seeing you. Oh. Um, like, hmm. like, yeah. Right in the field. Yeah. Me too. It can't mean yeah. I love you because, I mean, no. the, the guy's dead in the movie. Well, well not. I'm, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm thinking, like, since they're assassins, I'm thinking it's like, I'll see you in hell. Oh, basically okay. mm-hmm. that's how i'm getting the vibe from it because they're assassins and stuff like that and so i'll be seeing you soon even though in the context of that and john saying no you won't he's thinking of the here and now mm-hmm. rather than the later mm-hmm. but what about for you vengeance what does that quote actually mean to you 
you know what? I haven't really thought about it that that hard, but yeah, I can possibly see that. I can possibly see that definitely uh, about being a hell reference and John Wick being like, no, you won't because he ain't going to go to hell. So, yeah. I can definitely see that. Um, John, okay, so now after that winds up happening, the adjudicator agree. Okay, so now we have the rooftop scene where now Winston is um, on the rooftop with the adjudicator and this is the biggest what the hell moment in the theater that I remember because I remember one guy going, what the fuck? <laughs> one guy just blurts it out loud in the theater. He goes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, someone just got backstabbed, buddy. And that's, that's what just happened. But um, just to save his own hotel, the show the, some dominance over his continental. That's what he was doing just to work with alongside John's to show some dominance over it. So that way the judicial officer didn't take it from him. So that's what that was about. And then of course, you know, you're thinking, well, what happened to John? Because his body disappears. Mm-hmm. And so I to be Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, he arrives over at Lawrence Fishburne's place and I'll let vengeance uh-huh. go ahead and quote what happens here. Yeah, obviously he took his place and uh, yeah, took took care of him. And he goes, "Are you pissed?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how how were we already at the end? Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like this has gone so quick. Like, but yeah, I've I've really 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 liked the end, and I, it's got me hyped. It's really really tickled me for the new one. Uh, the early reviews have been nothing but amazing, and apparently it tops everything that the third one does. So I'm, yeah, I'm hyped. Yeah, I am. I, I'm really, really looking forward to going to go see that in the theaters. I'm very pumped up for this fourth one, to the point where I'm like, I'm more excited for this than Shazam, and uh, oh, yeah. Shaz- Shazam's not even on my list, to be honest with you. John Wick no. Chapter 4 is on my list. I'm excited for this movie. I love this franchise. I love what it is. It's total ridiculousness if you think about it, but underneath it all, the surface and everything, there's a lot of serious stuff within the movie itself. But I think they play off the ridiculousness at the same time as playing off the rea- the reality of it and everything too, to the point where you're sucked into this universe and you're caring about what John is going to do. You're wondering what the next ki- how he's going to kill this next person. You're wondering how the continue if they can continue it and keep going with it and wondering to the mythology around other stuff that we haven't been introduced yet. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, I think it's, uh, this one, uh, John Wick 4 and Evil Dead Rise are my most anticipated for the next, next couple of months. So um, yeah. Gotcha. But what about for you, Tamika? About, oh, four. Yeah. I'm excited for four. Um, I can't wait for it to, come out even though i keep forgetting when it comes out that's how excited i am <laughs> right because it is confusing on the release date itself because one because of the fact that you know this was supposed to come out during the same time that matrix was supposed to come out and mm. then it gets pushed back and then it had another release date and it gets pushed back and then i had to tell you too that this comes out on the 24th and it had a summer release date instead but I'm I'm happy that it's coming out around this time because I think this is actually the perfect time to have a John Wick movie. 
Yeah, during March Madness, it's appropriate. <laughs> Most uh, we don't, we don't, we don't talk about, we don't talk about Matrix. We don't talk about that last one. That was awful. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Tamika was on the review for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and watching me rant for the whole entire time that she was on the show. Yes, it was terrible. But <laughs> I, I wondered too. Um, does the scene, you know, where they were going in? To the Continental with all the men, it reminds me of the scene of the Matrix in the coffee shop where the SWAT guys were coming into that too. So I'm wondering, like, who who took whose idea? Like, the similarities are amazing. <laughs> who's copying whose homework? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> especially whenever you have some of the actors from the other Matrix movies in this mo- in the uh, John Wick series too. Uh yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> So, all right. Well, with that being said, that's going to be it as far as this episode goes. But Vengeance, do you have anything going on on your channel or anything like that? Yeah, more more interviews, more podcasts, more more general chit chat about movies and uh, 4K Blu-ray pickups, and yeah, just general. If you if you follow me, you got you kind of know what what the gist is but yeah we got an interview with an actress from terrified 2 next month which is really exciting um so yeah just more more physical media madness and movies and reviews and yeah sounds like my kind of madness so (laughs) (laughs) but you know um if anybody wants to follow vengeance go on ahead the link will be in the description below for everyone to check out and it'll also be on the audio format as well you're very welcome because I've watched a lot of your live shows. I watched some of your stuff. I really am digging it. As a content creator, you're doing it. You're killing it. You're doing a great job over there. Oh, I really appreciate that, man. I love coming on here and, and talking with you guys. And I just love, I love being here. You're welcome. Even what thing you do. Two o'clock, it's like two o'clock in the morning right now. <laughs> and uh, it's just, it's the love that I got for the community. So I love being here. Thank you for doing this for me, man. I do appreciate you. Uh, taking a part of your bedtime schedule to review movies with me. Um, but yeah, I actually have Scream 5. I have that review going on tomorrow with the Merc with the movie movie blog. Josh will be back here tomorrow. And uh, we're going to be finishing off our Scream franchise. Of course, uh, Avengers was actually a guest of mine for part six. So you guys can go on ahead and check that on all, all your um, podcasts where you guys can find your podcast. And of course, on our YouTube channel as well, if you like watching the video format as well. So you can find that over there. Uh, tomorrow night, it collects the time, 9 o'clock Eastern time for uh, Scream 5. But that's going to be it as far as this review goes. And thank you again, Vengeance. Thank you, Tamika, for joining me as always to do these reviews. That means so much to me. And always until next time. Bye bye.